Okay, guys, we're going to talk about mankind and the effects of sin. So last time we looked at the fall, we looked at Adam and Eve sinning, Adam and Eve being cast out of the garden. And so now the text is going to tell us what the outcome of that is, okay? Because sin, all of us were born sinners, Do you understand what I'm saying? Since Adam and Eve, all human beings who have been born except for one have been born with a sin nature. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, the one is who? Jesus, okay? And the reason why is because the incarnation is something completely different than just human conception because the Holy Spirit moved upon Mary and she conceived, okay? So Jesus is different than us in that sense. He's human, but perfect humanity, okay? But also perfectly divine. So we're going to talk about mankind and the effects of sin. So first of all, immediately chapter 4, we're introduced to the fact that Adam and Eve have children. And in particular, we're introduced to the fact that they have sons, two particular sons, and we're going to talk about them now. You've probably have heard this before, Cain and Abel, but we're going to look at it, try to answer some misconceptions that we have about this, and also help you to understand the nature of sin. So look with me at verses 1 through 15 of chapter 4. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I've acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, and this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain was a tiller of the ground. In the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock and of their fat, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But he did not respect Cain and his offering. Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will not will you not be accepted? But if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass that when they were in the field, Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So now you are cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive and a vagabond you shall be on the earth. And Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Surely you have driven me out this day from the face of the ground. I have hidden from your face. I'm a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth, and it will happen that anyone who finds me will kill me. 
And the Lord said to him, Therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark on Cain, lest anyone finding him should kill him. All right, so let's talk about Cain and Abel. You know, from the very beginning, I think all of us at some point in our culture have heard about Cain and Abel, okay? And I remember as a believer, 30-some years ago, going to church, Independent Baptist Church, hearing about Cain and Abel, hearing messages on Cain and Abel, and there were some things that I heard in those early days that made an impression upon me, but the reality is is that the preacher kind of over, kind of stretched it a little bit. So we'll talk about that a little bit because maybe you heard the same thing. Okay, so we're going to go through it here. First of all, we're going to look at the birth of the brothers. So Eve gave birth to Cain and then to Abel. Eve gave birth to Cain and then to Abel. So you notice I have some historical notes there for you on Cain and Abel. Okay, now they were, these brothers were definitely different. Cain was a farmer, and Abel was a shepherd of sheep. Okay? Cain was a farmer, a tiller of the ground, and Abel was a shepherd of sheep. Now, it's interesting because in verses 3 to 7, we see that already, here they are, they're the first human beings. There's Adam and Eve, now the brothers, who knows who else is there, but they have to go and make an offering to the Lord. So God has already instituted a form of worship of him, okay, and sacrifice. So we see that in verses 3 through 7. So Cain brought an offering of his crops, and Abel brought the firstborn of his flocks. Okay, so they're going to make an offering of what they do. So... Cain brought an offering of his crops, and Abel brought an offering of the firstborn of his flocks. Okay? Now, here is where we get to where it's really interesting, and it says a lot to you about what God is interested in. Okay? The Lord accepted Abel's offering and rejected Cain's offering. The Lord accepted Abel's offering and rejected Cain's offering. Now you notice, (laughs) I gave you a scripture reference. The writer of Hebrews mentions this in chapter 11, verse 4. He says, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained a witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, And therefore, and through it, he being dead still speaks. So he's talking about how Abel, the writer of Hebrews, talks about how Abel offered his gift. Okay? I want you to think about that for a moment. All right? Now, why do you think... I'll just stop for a moment and we'll kind of feel everybody out here. Why do you think Cain's offering was rejected. I kind of want to know what you've heard before, what you've assumed, because I'm assuming you've read this before, okay? Why was Cain's offering rejected and Abel's offering accepted? What were you, What have you heard? What do you believe? 
Alright, Sue. Alright, the spirit in which it was given. Okay, that's good. Tim? Okay. Okay, so again, the, the heart condition is what you're saying. Okay, anybody else? Yeah, Dave? All right, no blood sacrifice. Have you heard that one before? Because it wasn't a blood sacrifice, okay? Anyone else? Gene? Uh, well, it doesn't say that, but that might be it, okay? All right, yeah, okay. John? Well, that's assuming, but that, that's okay, that's, that's, that's good, okay. All right, anybody else? Okay, all of these are good. The one that Dave mentioned is the one that I was, in, when I was a younger Christian, was impressed upon, that it had to be according to how God wanted it. But if you'll notice, that's nowhere mentioned in the text, okay? It really comes down to, let's look at it together, and you're going to see, and then I'm going to help you to understand a few things as we go through this. Because you're saying, wait a minute, George, it's got to be a blood sacrifice, it's got to be an animal, can't be, there can't be no offerings of vegetation, okay? Uh, Are you sure about that? Okay, let's go through this, all right? First of all, the Lord warned Cain about what? The condition of his heart. Notice what the text says. The Lord warned Cain. Cain about the condition of his heart. Notice now, if you read the text and the story, the narrative that Moses is presenting to us, he is not warning Cain about the item that's being offered. He's not warning Cain about the item that's being offered. He's warning Cain about the condition of his heart. Now, the writer of Hebrews gives us a little bit more perspective because he said, Abel offered his sacrifice by what? Faith. So you could say that, did Cain offer his by faith? No, not at all, okay? So the issue here is the condition of the heart. You say, wait a minute, hold on a second, George. It still has to, God only accepts blood sacrifice. No, it doesn't. If you look at the Old Testament law, there are many times where the Jews were to come and make a grain offering or offer the first fruits of their harvest. So God does take first fruits. God, but notice it didn't say first fruits. Okay? Didn't say first, so we could assume maybe that's the issue. The issue is, is he didn't offer it by faith because his heart wasn't right. Do you understand what I'm saying? The issue is, is that Cain's heart wasn't right. Now, let's stop for a moment because I think this is an interesting point here that you and I have to understand. Who's interacting with Cain here? Whoa. God's interacting with Cain? How Are you guys used to that happening in your life? I mean, he does interact with you whether you realize it or not. But I mean, like f- verbally talking to you like that, is that? So notice something now. 
Cain obviously and the early humans had some sort of interaction with God that's beyond what we have right now, right? Okay. He still has unbelief. Is that amazing? He's not willing to make a sacrifice by faith. Now, what does that tell you about the condition of the human heart because of sin? See, this is the issue. Greed, okay, you're saying it could be greed. All right, all right, that's possible. What does that tell you about the condition of the human heart, even though they're interacting with, with God? God's interacting with them. And he's not coming by faith. He's not coming, he's not coming in belief. He's, he's coming in resentment. I mean, think about that. I mean, that just blows your mind, right? But that's, the condition of the human heart, isn't it? Now, stop for a moment. You translate yourself, you and I, let's go forward to the future. Jesus comes back, sets up a kingdom for a thousand years, a perfect kingdom for a thousand years. He's the ruler. Everybody in the world sees King Jesus on the throne, perfect world, perfect peace, Lion and lamb laying together, kids playing in the in, in the hole of a snake and not getting bit. I mean, are we talking perfect? Because Jesus is here at the end of the thousand years, Satan is released. Guess what? Big rebellion. Who rebels against Jesus? Humanity. How's that possible? Sin corrupts us. Did you understand? This is what we've got to understand is that sin corrupts humanity completely from the beginning and bends us towards what? Unbelief and the rejection of God. Did you understand what I'm saying? This is what's going on here. Okay? This is what's going on here. So the Lord warned Cain about the condition of his heart. Now, isn't this interesting? You and I live in a violent world, right? In fact, we've got all these different things that are happening tragically around the world, and everybody's trying to find out why that's happening. And, you know, maybe it's video games, and that has an influence. Maybe it's the movies we watch that has an influence. Okay, because we we live in a world where murder happens, right? All right. Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, murder happening in their world? Before this point? Not before this point. Did they have video games to guide them? Did they have, did you understand what I'm saying? No, no, look what happens. This is the very first shedding of blood by man. And man has been shedding blood ever since, okay? Cain murdered his brother Abel and did not accept responsibility when confronted by the Lord. Yeah, Sam. Well, the, the, he cursed, yeah, that's true. He would know that they would have to work for their food. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I don't think that. <laughs> yeah, you know. So tell me, when Sue has a big honeydew list for you that you don't want to do, does that affect your, you, you like you all of a sudden are not talking to her anymore? Huh? All right, okay. All right, maybe I shouldn't ask that question, okay? 
No, I, 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 it's the condition of his heart. Because look, he gets to the place here where he murders Abel. Not just that he murders Abel, but notice the other thing that he's done now carries on from a family tradition because it was the same thing that happened with Adam and Eve. Who told you we're naked? Oh, the woman gave me to eat. Oh, the snake told me that. And here we are. He's not wanting to accept what? Responsibility. Do you understand? Sin infests us. It corrupts us. Corrupts our hearts. So, okay, we've got, I'm looking over the room here, we've got parents and grandparents here, okay? So I want you to think about when your little ones were little, and you got your first little one, you know what I'm saying, and then you got your second little one, and you remember taking them to the nursery, and and you remember them interacting with each other. Tell me, how much time did you spend teaching them to be selfish? How much time did you teach them to hit each other don't little ones do that you know they and they don't even know how to hit just like you know they're swatting okay how much how much time did you uh, for them to fuss at each other over a toy how much time did you spend teaching them did you have to teach them that i i know that you can go get books on that at the library on how to teach your kid to be bad right no where did that come from where did they learn that they weren't born wonderful and innocent, were they? Okay? They were born with a sin nature that corrupts them. So the Lord drove Cain away and marked him in a special way so that others would not kill him. How did he get marked? It doesn't tell us. You know what I'm saying? I, I remember there was some Bible movies years ago. It showed... And a branding on uh, Cain's head of the tree of life or something. Who knows? That's just speculation. Who knows? Okay? But the fact is, is he was marked in a way so that people knew, don't mess with this guy. Okay? Don't mess with him. So, now, let's talk about the descendants of Cain. Now, we're not going to read these passages. This is verse 16 through 24. I'm just going to go through it with you together, okay? So first of all, Cain took a wife who bore him a son, and he built a city. All right, stop for a moment. First thing, where'd he get a wife? Probably a sister. No, no, no probably to it, a sister, Okay? Well, that's wrong. That's that's illegal. That's incest. Actually, the Bible says that it wasn't forbidden up until the time of Moses. Taking of a sister. Okay? Until the time of the law. In fact, one of the most famous couples that we know, Abraham and Sarah, brother and sister. Okay? So Cain, and it says he built a city. Now, when it says he built a city, that means he built an area for the gathering of people. So do not think New York City. Because how many human beings are there in the very beginning? It might have just been a village. Do you understand? Okay? That became a city later on. All right? 
Now, so then the writer lists the various descendants of Cain. Okay? The writer lists the various descendants of Cain. Now, one of those descendants, here, let me just see here. Nope, I got the wrong, I got the wrong ancestor. Sorry, I'll, that's another lesson. Okay. Uh, but anyhow, the writer lists the various. Now, now we're going to see Seth. So I want you to notice with me verse 25 of chapter 24. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and named him Seth. For God had appointed another seed for me instead of Abel, whom Cain killed. And as for Seth, to him also a son was born, and and his name, and he named him Enosh. And men began to call upon the name of the Lord. If you want to, if you're using your own Bible, underline that phrase. Then men began to call upon the name of the Lord. Okay. So let's talk about the birth of Seth. Okay, Eve bore Adam another son, Seth, who she felt had been appointed to replace Abel. Okay? Eve bore Adam another son, Seth, who she felt had been appointed to replace Abel. All right, here's a piece of Bible trivia. Notice the word there, Cain, I mean, Abel knew Eve. Okay, or knew his wife. That word knew or know is often used in the Old Testament and it is a reference to sexual intercourse. Okay, it is just a way of saying to know somebody sexually. Okay, that's what the word there means. All right, it's not that he knew, like, ooh, I know Lori, now she's pregnant because I know her. No, no, you have to have something happen for that to happen, okay? So that's what's happening here. And they were born a son named Seth. Now, a son named Enosh was born to Seth, and men began to call on the name of the Lord. Now, you'll notice I gave you a biblical note there. I gave you a historical note about Seth. I gave you a biblical note there about calling on the name of the Lord. What it means here to call on the name of the Lord, it, it really means, the word means to speak out to the Lord. To speak out to the Lord with prayer. It's talking about praying. So something, after Cain and Abel, something changed in God's interaction where maybe he didn't just come down and intermingle with him as he had before. But now with Seth and his descendants, you begin to see a godly seed, a godly group of people who follow the Lord, who call out to him in what? Prayer. Do you understand what I'm saying? They talk to him out loud. They pray to him. Okay? We see that with Seth. So now let's talk about the descendants of Seth. Okay, now um, I'm going to not go through every one of them. I'm just going to highlight the ones that I feel are most important for you. 
The first one we find in verses 18 through 24, and that's a fellow by the name of Enoch. Okay? Enoch. Enoch was a descendant of Seth who had an intimate relationship with the Lord. Now this is something, he stands out in the text because his relationship with the Lord seems to be more than what others had with God, and that it says that he walked with God. Do you understand what I'm saying? He walked with God. He had such an intimacy with God that he walked with God. All right? So he was a descendant of Seth who had an intimate relationship with God. Now, Enoch walked with God by faith for 300 years. Wow, that's a long time to have a relationship with God, right? Now, let me just stop for a moment. Enoch lived longer than 300 years. The writer is wanting you to specifically understand how long his personal relationship with God was. Actually, it's for eternity, you could say. All right, we'll see that here in a moment. Enoch did not experience death because he was taken or translated by God to himself. Enoch did not experience death because he was taken. The text says taken and translated to God or translated to God by himself. Now this, this refers, this is something that's called theologically is called translation. Where a follower of God is taken to be with the Lord but doesn't have to experience death. So stop. For most of believers in the world today, How do you go to be with the Lord? You have to die. There's only one other way you can go to be with the Lord without dying. What's that? The rapture. The rapture is a form of translation. Okay? Now, there's only been several people throughout history that who have been translated. Enoch is one. We're going to see up in 2 Kings, there's another fellow by the name of Elijah who was taken by a chariot of fire to heaven. He didn't experience death. And then finally we see 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 that those who are alive when the Lord comes will be what? Taken. Do you understand what I'm saying? Will be translated. They won't experience death. That'll be wonderful, isn't it? Okay? That's what's waiting the church is, is is the rapture of the church. But we see the very first one here with Enoch. Now, let's talk about another fellow by the name of Methuselah. Okay, I only wanted to mention Methuselah for a reason. Okay, Methuselah was the son of Enoch, and he appears to be the oldest living human being. Okay, he appears to be the oldest living human being. Here's why. Methuselah lived 969 years, and then he died. That's a long time to live, okay? That's a long time to live. Now, Methuselah, um, had a son named Lamech. Lamech had a son named Noah. So that's who we're going to look at last here. 
Now, it's interesting, when people do the ages and the chronological ages, when did Methuselah die? Right before the flood. Okay? Methuselah died right before the flood. Okay? That's interesting, isn't it? Okay? Just a piece of trivia there. So when you're playing Bible trivia and that question comes up, you'll know how to answer. Okay, yes, Nancy. I've never heard that before. Okay. Okay, yeah, that would be, I'd have to look at what the Hebrew word there means. Okay, so you've heard that too. Okay, so I'll, I'll look that up and uh, see exactly, you know what I'm saying? Because oftentimes words mean something. Yes? She's saying that the word, that the, uh, the Methuselah, the meaning of the word means living until before the deluge comes. When this child dies, okay? The deluge will come. So I, I really can't, uh, I'd have to look that up. I mean, I, if you want me to take 15 minutes here and break out my uh, Hebrew uh, concordances and so forth, I could look that up for you. But we don't have time. I only got 10 minutes. But, yeah, that's possible. Okay? That's possible. Now, here's the thing. Let's talk about Noah. Noah was listed by the Scripture as having walked with God. Now, isn't this interesting? Who else walked with God? Enoch. Here is another person who has an intimate relationship with God. Except this time it's Noah. Okay? Noah. So you'll see a historical note there on Noah. Now, Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Okay? Now, verses 1 through 8 talk about the wickedness of man. So let's read those together of chapter 6. Now it came to pass that when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them, that the Son of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit will not, shall not strive with men forever, for, it, for he is indeed flesh, and yet his days shall be 120 years. There were giants on earth in those days, and afterwards, when the sons of God came in to the daughters of men, and they bore children to them, those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. The Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of, their, of his heart were only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, Creeping things, birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Okay, so let's talk about mankind, okay? And I think this is a very good lesson for us here. 
Because this is where men naturally go. Okay, so, all right. I think everybody here is old enough that you have watched a Star Trek episode at some point, right? With Captain James Kirk and Spock. How many of you have watched, even if you didn't want to, you just kind of went across and there it was, have seen a Star Trek episode? How many of you have seen that? Okay. It should be everybody here in North America, right? Okay. One of the premises of Star Trek is that men gradually get better. And they can achieve a utopian society, such as Star Trek, where there's no money. There's no money in Star Trek. If you want something to eat, you just go over to a machine and, I want a cheeseburger, it makes you a cheeseburger. Okay? They're, they're, they, men get better, according to the concept of Star Trek. Now, the, the sad thing is, is that people actually believe that. Where did that come from? That came from Gene Roddenberry. And that's really a viewpoint of mankind, that mankind thinks it gets better. Actually, we have a testimony here in Genesis, mankind doesn't get better. Mankind gets worse. So let's talk about it. Mankind began to multiply on the face of the earth. So that's natural. Male and female, more male and females. Okay? They multiply on the face of the earth. The Lord reflected upon the mortality of men who will all die in 120 years. Now, let me just stop for a moment. When this, this passage can be misread to where that verse, he says, he'll not be here 120 years. Some people say, well, that means that's God saying that men will only live to be 120 years old. Now, you've got to remember, this is before the flood. You've got people like Methuselah who are 900 and some years old. Okay? What he's saying is, is that in 120 years, God says, all mankind will cease to exist. Okay? He's giving them 120 years. Okay? He reflects upon the mortality of men who will all die in 120 years. That's the context here. Among mankind, there were giant men. Now, this is what creates a lot of problems. Who are the giants? Where did they come from? Who are the sons of God? Who are the daughters of men? And so there are some different viewpoints out there, and I think that I have given them to you. So I'll just kind of go through them with you. The sons of God are the descendants of Seth and the daughters of men are the descendants of Cain. So there was an intermingling of the godly with the ungodly. That's one viewpoint. The second viewpoint that really gets a lot of airtime, because you'll see it on TV, is that the sons of God are angels and demons, and these demons had sex with humans, and they produced weird, demonic-like, that's something that comes from TV. But that's not what it's talking about here. Actually, the terms, it's usually the sons of God are referring to people of stature, taking to themselves daughters of men. That's the third viewpoint. And that's the one that we will be more or less advocating. <coughs> the one about angels, I'll be honest with you, that comes in conflict with other portions of Scripture especially where Jesus says, 
when asked the question about marriage in heaven, Jesus says, what, you don't realize we're going to be like the angels? Neither given in marriage? Angels don't have sex. Do you you understand what I'm saying? They don't. Even fallen ones don't. Now, they can be perverted, all right, and they are the author of a lot of perversions, but they don't have sex. They don't procreate. You don't have any record of angels procreating other angels. Do you understand? That's not possible. So, let's go on. The sons of God and daughters of men bore children who would become famous. That's the point here. But we don't know anything about them because this is before the flood. Okay? We just know that they bore humans that would become famous. The Lord expresses regret at the creation of men and their continual evil thoughts. Their continual evil thoughts. Now, have you ever met somebody who, I mean, I've, I've been blown away because I've only met few people like this in my lifetime, but have you ever met people who it just seems like every intent of what they want to do is doing wrong? They just lie continually. They want to cheat other people. In fact, when they think about you and your actions towards them, they think you're going to do the same thing to them because they're doing it to other people. You ever met somebody like that? I've met people like that. This is the kind of thing we're talking about here. Mankind gets to the point where every thought that they have is corrupt and evil and sinful. Okay? So the Lord expresses regret at the creation of men and their continual evil thoughts. Because the Lord was grieved by man's sin, he decided to destroy all living things. Who gives him the right? The guy who created all things. Tell me something. Some of you guys like to work with your hands and put stuff together and maybe work in a workshop or something, and you're working on a project and it's going along okay, but then something happens to the project Maybe you made the wrong cut or, you know, something broke or whatever. How many of you have ever end up just throwing a project away, destroying it because it just wasn't salvageable? Ever done that? Why? Who gave you the right to do that? You have the right to do that because you're the one who created that project, right? God has the right to do whatever he wants to do. And he's grieved by mankind Because sin has totally corrupted them. Okay? Sin has totally corrupted them. So because the Lord was grieved by man's sin, he decided to destroy all things. But yet, here's the thing, and this is where we're going to, next week we'll get, when we look at this again, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Why? Because Noah walked with him, remember? Noah walked with him. 